And we should be live now. I usually set it to auto start the YouTube stream. Are you able to hear me? Yes. Mr. Certainly, I see your YouTube chat test as well. Thank you very much. All right. Well, this is about your last chance to do mic checks uh, before we get the stream started for reels. <laughs> the meeting started, at least. Yeah, I guess the stream has started, but the meeting is not started. <laughs> I say good morning to a bunch of people where it's not morning anymore. Hey, Scott, are you using, um, well, actually, what tool are you using to do the screen capture to then toss it off to it's, um, it's, Periscope? It's, or, sorry, uh, Restream. It's OBS. OBS on Linux up to Restream. Oh, got it. So they have a screen capture tool? That... Yeah, yeah, you can snag a window. So cool. even if I accidentally move a window above the other window, it still shows. Yeah. Um, and the desktop audio just works automatically on Linux, which is great. Yeah, that's always the hard part, because it doesn't grab the right one on whatever tool, usually. Yeah, and I guess somebody should confirm that all our audio is coming through, but it looks good on my Yeah, and it, have you, on the recent ones, have you been streaming live each time, or do you record and then upload? For the meetings, we are not streaming live. We just thought we'd do this one special for Circuit yeah. Monday. Might be easier down the road instead of recording and uploading, because it, it's it uploaded automatically. Yeah, I think it was mainly we just don't want to have to watch all the chats usually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I should at least get my settings so I don't have to like convert it to a different file format. <laughs> awesome. Oh yeah, Lamore will be um, talking in my section. I'm going to call on her, but we will not be there for the uh, for the end. We're going to be there in the beginning, just for community right, news, right. and then we're going to. Go run out of fruit. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Well, I'm going to kick things off. Uh, I think we might be a few seconds early, but there's some introductory material to get through. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Jeff Epler, and I'm sponsored by Adafruit to work on CircuitPython. This is a special CircuitPython Day edition of the weekly meeting for September 9th, 2020. 9-9 is the snakiest day of this year, and that's why we chose this time to get together to talk about all things CircuitPython. This year, CircuitPython Day is being dedicated to Lambda Labs Makerspace for all of the amazing work they're doing in the Beirut community. On August 4th, 2020, Beirut, Lebanon experienced a massive explosion that left many dead and injured, as well as leaving thousands homeless. In the aftermath, Lambda Labs Makerspace stepped up and joined efforts to rebuild the community, including search and rescue, restoring damaged homes, uh, and volunteering, including providing aid, tents to help the community find food and shelter, and joining construction engineers to help with the rebuilding process. 
Last year, Lambda Labs Makerspace was a partner for CircuitPython Day. If you would like to help with our efforts, consider donating to the following fundraisers. The Impact Lebanon fundraiser at adafru.it slash impactlebanon, or the Anera and Global Shapers fundraiser at adafru.it slash globalshapersbeirut. And I hope somebody will drop those links um, from the notes. Well, those aren't in the notes document. Thank you, Katni. Um, anyway, so on to what we're here about. CircuitPython is a version of Python designed to run on tiny computers called microcontrollers. Development of CircuitPython is primarily sponsored by Adafruit, so support them by purchasing hardware from adafruit.com. This meeting is hosted on the Adafruit Discord server. You can join anytime by going to adafru.it slash discord. We hold the meeting in the CircuitPython text channel and the CircuitPython voice channel. This meeting typically happens on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern time, but the date occasionally varies for US holidays or for CircuitPython day. We have an online calendar. If you'd like to speak in the meetings, let us know and we will add you to the CircuitPythonistas role. This will also get you a small number of notifications from Discord during the week, mostly reminders about the meeting. The length of the meeting varies, but it's often from 60 to 90 minutes long. Today's meeting is live streaming on YouTube and other live streaming services. It will also be available on various podcast services after uh, we finish up today. If you find this podcast is not available on your favorite podcast service, please let us know. The meeting recording includes the text in the CircuitPython channel and the audio from the CircuitPython audio channel. This meeting is accompanied by a notes document, which uh, was in the channel earlier. The document is updated with time codes so that if you want to watch or listen to just part of the meeting after the fact, you can skip to what you're interested in. This meeting is held in five parts. First, community news, links to CircuitPython projects, and uh, it's not a preview this week, but a retrospective of the Python on Hardware newsletter. And second is the state of CircuitPython, the libraries, and Blinka. We'll look at the numbers that summarize the health of the project and get a high-level summary of recent development and future direction. Third, and the first of two round-robin sections, Hug Reports. In Hug Reports, we invite you to highlight positive contributions from the awesome folks around us. In the round-robin sections, we'll start with the moderator and continue in alphabetical fashion until everyone has had a chance to speak. round-robin sections, Hug Reports. In Hug Reports, uh, we invite you to highlight positive Charles, can you mute, please? Thank you. Um, in the round-robin sections, we'll start with the moderator and continue in alphabetical fashion until everyone has had a chance to speak. If you're lurking, we'll skip over you. If you have notes, the moderator will read them aloud. Fourth, status updates. During status updates, we invite community members to take a few minutes to talk about their CircuitPython-related work, progress, and plans. Feel free to chime in with quick tips or advice as appropriate. Quick questions and answers are perfect for this section, but longer discussion should be taken to our last section, In the Weeds. For topics that are more open-ended, this is the section where we can discuss them. If you have something you'd like to discuss, please add it to the end of the In the Weeds section of the notes document as soon as you think of it and tag it with your name so we'll know who is starting the discussion. We cover topics in the weeds in the order in which they were added to the document. For the round robin sections, if you wish to participate but don't have a mic or just prefer not to have your voice recorded, you can add your updates to the notes doc and we'll read them off. If you can't attend at all, you can leave your notes in advance and likewise we'll read them for you. Except when you're actively speaking, please keep your mic muted. In order to make things go more smoothly, I'll assume that anyone who has not at least added their name to the notes document is lurking, that is, just listening but not participating. 
You don't have to type your notes in beforehand, though we appreciate all of you who do. Uh, but find the right spots alphabetically and put at your name as a placeholder, if nothing else. If for some reason that's not possible, you can let us know in the text channel that you'll be participating, and our intrepid notes taker will add you to the document. Due to our other commitments today, this meeting is going to be limited to 90 minutes, which potentially means cutting the in the weeds section short. If, you, if we have an exceptionally large group, please be mindful of that and limit your status updates to just the highlights so we can get everyone. Thank you. With that, I'm going to hand it to special guest star PT to take care of community news. All right. Thank you, Jepler. Everybody can hear me okay? Yep. All right. Um, well, thanks for having me back. The last time I was here was March, and uh, that was when New York uh, specifically got hit really hard and first, and we've all been watching the news about COVID. So I want to report. Uh, first up, thank you everyone on the team who has been able to uh, keep us going. Um, one of the things that we wanted to make sure is everyone is safe. So none of our team members got sick. Uh, we're definitely beating the odds, you know, 100 plus people in New York City um, in the epicenter at the time. But we did a lot of smart things even ahead of state and local and of course, national uh, guidelines. So happy to report that our entire team's okay. We have folks on site. We've been operating safe and smart. I put a link to that in the chat. Um, if you work for a company or if you just want to see what we've been doing, just like everything we do from the code we publish to our hardware, we put it out there. So adafruit.com slash open safely has our protocols, has what we do. Um, if you order something from us, it is, uh, of course, COVID free. And uh, the orders that people have placed, even when we weren't able to ship, when we had to hold on to orders and then ship, uh, have been keeping us going. So thank you so much. Um, we are a woman-owned open source company in New York City during the most challenging times ever. We haven't done any layoffs, um, no cut hours, no furloughing. Um, we even paid our uh, folks that we've worked with for about a decade uh, who clean Adafruit because we wanted to make sure during the time that we were shut down, um, they didn't have a financial hardship. So um, the money came from somewhere, but it came from your orders. So thanks for keeping us going. And please continue to do that. We would like to continue to do this. And uh, your orders are exactly how it pays the bills. So as Jeff Blur said, today is CircuitPython Day. Don't forget, we are dedicating this to Lambda Labs. We're going to try to dedicate um, each CircuitPython Day to um, something that's going on. Unfortunately, 2020, spin the wheel. Something's going on every day. Um, Lambda Labs has always been part of the CircuitPython community, and uh, we want to help them. So I put the links in there. Again, um, if you want to donate, you can also look and see what their hackerspace, makerspace needs. Um, and they were frontline, on the ground, hour one, helping out. Um, they're all OK. We reached out as soon as we saw it on the news. So um, check out the links and more. Uh, today, we have our schedule up. Uh, Thanks, Anne, for being the coordinator on all this. You can see it on GitHub. All things that are going on today, things have already happened today. And tonight at 7 p.m. is show and tell. Show up no matter what. But you can also um, visit at 8 p.m. We're going to have a CircuitPython edition of Ask an Engineer. Basically, it's going to be the CircuitPython team. I'll probably be um, asking them some questions, what, they, what they're looking forward to, and more. Um, some news. We have... Um, I guess we could say we timed it this way, uh, but in addition today being 9-9, it's also the 99th 
newsletter that came out yesterday for Python and microcontrollers. Um, so next week will be 100, but this week is 99. Good timing. For our boards, we're up to 150 plus. Um, Lady Ada, at the end of uh, my little community chat, is I'm going to ask her to come in and talk about some new boards. So you're in for a treat for CircuitPython. We're up to 150 plus right now. Um, coming soon, uh, Lady Ada will be talking about that. I'll put a link to that soon uh, when she's talking. We're up to 50 boards on Blinka. You can check that out here. Um, and one of the things that got us here, new version of MicroPython release. So check that out. It's up to 1.13. Look at the new features. It has um, code formatting, some Blizzy stuff, Unix port, and some stuff for the SP8266. I put the GitHub link there. Um, for Lady to gets on here, a lot of y'all have seen, um, we tried to do the best we can with COVID, getting information out to people. Um, we pivoted ourselves and made PPE um, from medical devices to face shields. Uh, during the last few months, we wanted to make sure our team's voices were heard for all the racial justice uh, and injustice that reforms that need to happen. So check out adafruit.com slash Black Lives Matter. You can see what our team's up to. And now we have like 56 days, I think, left until voting. So um, check out the adafruit.com voting resources. And you can see what some of our team is doing. Some of us are poll workers, different chats each week. We're getting out the information if you can. This is a year that's really important. Doing your part, having resources, being able to point to them. Um, we're doing paid day off for voting again. We've been doing that for years. But this has been helpful to some companies, some organizations, some people. So I want to put that there. And now um, I wanted Lady Ada to come on here. So this is a special CircuitPython Day treat. Lady Ada, what new boards are ahead that are going to be running CircuitPython? Um, thank you for tag teaming me in. Um, yes, it's been a uh, it's been a really interesting, steady climb with CircuitPython. You know, we started with um, the SAMD21, which is a Cortex-M0 chip running at 48 megahertz. And I liked that chip because we already had boards that were using it in Arduino. So I thought like this would be a good start. And then um, the next series we supported after that was the um, SAMD51, which is a Cortex-M4. And that was like way more powerful. And so like people could actually start making pretty complicated projects and um, adding sensors and displays and, and the, the capabilities really expanded. Um, the the SAMD21 works and it works well, but you know you can't really write more than maybe 100 lines of code with it before you run out of memory. And then um, after that, we've done the um, uh, STM32 series uh, that was like a year, year and a half ago. And that was cool because there's a lot of STM32 boards out there um, you know, that are uh, available that use um, STM32 Duino or Cube32. Um, and, you know, the STM32 is also what MicroPython started with. So we wanted to make sure that we could support um, boards that were using MicroPython if they wanted to try out CircuitPython as well. Um, so now we're, you know, we're starting to kind of accelerate into adding more chipsets. We've added the presence from Sony. Um, thanks to Sony for helping out with that. And um, we're also, we also did the NRF52840 Bluetooth chip. So what's the future? Um, well, more wireless and uh, 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 wireless connectivity and more powerful chips are definitely the, where the interest is. So 
Um, NXP IMX RT series. This is a you know 500, 600 megahertz Cortex M7 chip that's only a couple dollars. Um, so that's really exciting. It has like TFT interfaces, um, you know, complicated memory management. And so we have some beginning support for that. Thank you to Arturo and a bunch of folks who submitted um, initial support. And uh, we've also gone really hard on adding ESP32 S2 support. And that's a new chip from Espressif, uh, which is a very popular maker of Wi-Fi chipsets. The maker community really loves them. Um, a couple of years ago, they came out with the ESP8266. And um, it wasn't designed to be used with Arduino, but people started using it with Arduino and it kind of took off because it was, you know, a dollar and it's hard to beat a dollar. And the ESP32 came after that. But um, we never uh, supported the ESP32 because it doesn't have native USB. And one of the things that's really important to CircuitPython is the experience. We want people to have a really good experience and the same experience with every board. Um, you know, some have Wi-Fi and some don't, some have Bluetooth, some don't, but the, the process of getting files on the board and programming it and resetting it, we, we want it to be the same with mass storage and HID and USB uh, UART. And so the ESP32 S2, which came out uh, earlier this year, is really exciting because it's an ESP32, but it has USB. So um, Scott's been working really hard on adding support for that chipset, and you're going to see a bunch of boards come out. Um, I designed an ESP32 S2 Metro, so it's kind of like a large Arduino Uno-shaped board with a um, bunch of pins and debug interface um, and uh, PS RAM, and it's kind of like you know a full-featured dev kit that we can use um, to work on the ESP32 support. I think we've got Wi-Fi and, and SPI and I2C and all that good stuff going and, and more to come. Um, and then uh, we also got today uh, these really adorable ESP32 mini modules um, and they're like really tiny and cute. And so, uh, you know, I'm designing a clue board that instead of an NRF52840 has an ESP32 S2. Um, and, um, what, what's neat about that is that I, we're getting really close to this like dream that I've had um, for a very long time of having very easy to use, very inexpensive circuit Python for Wi-Fi microcontrollers. And um, we kind of had to skip again the ESP32, um, but I think you know now is, now is perfect timing. And then there's gonna be a future ESP32 S2, which has Bluetooth as well and, and dual core. So, you know, Espresso is doing a great job coming out with new chipsets and we're going to try to do a good job with adding um, support at the same time. And um, so you're gonna see a bunch of ESP32 S2 boards, you know, feathers and itsies and, and includes all the standard sizes. Um, we also, um, or, you know, I'm starting to look at some uh, small, uh, inexpensive USB um, accessories. So one of the boards I wanted to design a long time ago was a, a trinket with a STEMIC UT connector to make plug and play sensor projects easy. Um, STEMIC UT is, is our quick compatible um, sensor and board platform. We wanted, we basically wanted to get rid of soldering as a requirement for a lot of projects where people just want to read humidity or temperature or control little OLED display. And, you know, um, SparkFun came out with this quick standard. And, and at first we were like, well, I don't know how we feel about this. You know, it's like chainable. It's kind of weird. But then we kind of really grew into loving it. Um, it's really awesome and it's very simple and the, the connectors are very satisfying to click. So um, we've been redesigning all of our sensor boards and releasing all of our new sensors with this standard connector. 
Um, so the next board that I'm working on is the Qt Pi, which is uh, a Qt, uh, Stemma Qt capable Python board. Um, it has USB-C and a Stemma Qt connector. Um, because it couldn't fit in a trinket shape for a long time, this kind of uh, sat on my desktop, sort of like staring at me and saying like, hey, you know, what do you, how do you want to do this? And then Seed came out with a CircuitPython compatible board called the Shao. And I was like, this is a really cute design. Um, it's got castellated pads. It's got more pins than a trinket. It's also a little bit wider. It turned out that this actually had exactly enough space to fit the design in. So I respun the design and uh, we're on Web2 and Jepler asked me to put SPI flash on the back. So there's an optional SPI flash if you, if you want to add that. Um, and then I think I'm going to be working on more IMX RT boards. I have an IMX RT Metro also that I'm, I'm working on bringing up. And I think we're just going to see uh, more bigger, faster chips um, sort of bridging. You know, I like how CircuitPython comes at electronics in two ways. We've got these low cost Cortex chips or, you know, Tensilica chips running CircuitPython from the low end that make it easy to get running quickly. And then from the high end, you know, we've got 50 Linux boards that support Blinka. So that means your Raspberry Pis and your Beagle Bones and your Banana Pies and your Onion IOs and all those, those random, you know, Linux single board computers that have kind of taken over um, that higher end embedded space, all of our libraries work with those as well. And so we have like a more unified um, way of, of people being able to write the same code and it runs whether it's on a you know $2 microcontroller or a $50 or $100 dev board, um, or even on desktop Python, you know, thanks to uh, chips like the FT232H or MCP221. So um, I like where it's going. This is kind of, this has been really great. It's really lovely to be able to run code you know, Python interpret code, easy to understand, you get exception handling, um, you get string parsing, you get all the wonder of Python on so many platforms. I think it's, I think it's, what I really like to hear is, you know, a lot of engineers I know at first are, you know, not really interested in Python. They're like, why would I do this? Why would I run some an interpreted language on a microcontroller? That's crazy, just use C. And then they use it and they're like, oh, I'm never going back. Um, this is so awesome and this is so easy. And all the things that I hated about my controller programming have disappeared. So um, that's that's my state of CircuitPython for the year. And and you'll see more leaks uh, that Phil's going to post up uh, throughout the weeks as uh, we head towards uh, the holiday season. All right. Thank you so much, Lady Ada. So that's a nice roadmap of what's ahead. Um, tonight, we're going to have a special show and tell CircuitPython edition, but everyone can join. We're also going to have an Ask an Engineer with the CircuitPython team as well, hug report to the entire community out there, the customers that have been keeping stuff going, and of course, the CircuitPython team. I'm looking forward to another CircuitPython day. It'll be sometime next year. We'll let everyone know. Last year it was in August, this year it's in September, so we'll see when it is next year. And looking forward to all the boards, code, and more together. I'm outie. All right, thank you so much. It was nice to have you. Um, yeah, what's the saying? Ten seasons in a movie? I think yeah. maybe we'll go for that next. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, although we already got a really excellent overview uh, from Lamore for where she sees CircuitPython going, we are going to turn to the state of CircuitPython libraries and Blinka.
And uh, this is kind of a statistics-based look at the project and as well as some squishy stuff. Um, but anyway, um, I also want to note that these statistics cover seven days, but it's been nine days since our last meeting. So um, there are some contributions I'm going to miss. And if you know of one that was really uh, important to you or a new contributor, please drop a note in the chat about it and we can acknowledge them. But uh, over the past seven days, we had 20 pull requests merged from 13 authors. Um, most of these names are familiar. Ron Fischler is not one that I'm familiar with. And then we have some less frequent or newer contributors like uh, Bergdahl, W.T. Umura, um, and then you know the regular uh, suspects like Tenut and Katni. Uh, for reviewers, we had nine, which is great because reviewers are the equally important part of getting new code into CircuitPython and the libraries. So uh, just thanks to all nine of them, Maker Melissa, Lady Ada, Tanu, D. Harada, Ketney, Foamy Guy, Sedacious, D. Halbert, and myself. And in terms of issues, we had 13 closed issues by nine people and 10 opened by also nine people. So um, overall, our issues are down slightly, mostly thanks to amazing work from the community of people who work on the libraries. A respectable number of PR requests were merged with libraries being the majority again. And we're shaking the bugs out of the current 6.0 alpha release. However, there's still about a dozen issues that we need to resolve before that can become a stable release. And Scott Catney and Melissa will have more specific information coming up. So I would like to turn it over to you, Scott, to cover the core. Hello, let me hey. take a time code. I yeah, realized... I appreciate you doing that. That makes it work easier for me. <laughs> I realized I had to uh, unmute in two places as well. So, uh, okay, for stats for the core. Uh, we had seven pull requests merged from five different authors. Uh, thank you to uh, all of those authors. We had three reviewers, so thanks to rev our reviewers as well. Uh, we have 17 open pull requests. Uh, where a number of those are um, older than a week, so we should definitely take a glance at those and and try to try to get those those down. The oldest is 104 days old, which is probably a case of uh, we could either close it or actually finish it, that sort of thing. So let's keep that in mind. Let's try to keep the number of open pull requests to a minimum. Uh, issues wise, we had two closed issues by two people and four open by four people. Uh, for a total of 324 open issues. Uh, this number does tend to grow just a bit. Um, we should try our best to keep it down, but um, a better metric is the uh, milestones that we have. Um, we have a catch-all long-term, yeah, it would be nice in the future milestone called long-term uh, that has 282 open issues. And then the uh, other milestones that we have are uh, generally the ones that we want to do urgently or the ones that would cause uh, us to rev revise our ver major version number. So uh, the other thing that I like to comment on here is that we have uh, one issue not assigned a milestone, which is an indication of how we are in terms of triaging the issues as they come in. So one is pretty good. Uh, we'll have to take a look at it. But uh, overall, I'd say we're keeping up with things. And that's it for the core. Thank you, Scott. And as is traditional, we will let Ketney tell us what's up with the libraries. Thanks, Jeff. So this is uh, statistical information about all of the CircuitPython libraries. So every library that is Adafruit underscore CircuitPython underscore libname. We had 11 pull requests merged. 
uh, with nine authors. Ron Fischler is a name I don't recognize. And six reviewers. Um, those were mostly one or zero days old. We had two that were a little bit older, so that's good to see that. Leaving us with 34 open pull requests. The oldest at 611 days is still in um, still in progress. We The original author is slowly working on it, so we've left that one open. Um, but we've gotten this number down over the last uh, few weeks, so that's been really good to see. We had nine closed issues by six people and six open by six people, leaving us with 188 open issues. Eight of those are labeled good first issues. Um, all of this information is available uh, on circuitpython.org slash contributing. And you can go there. You can see all the open PRs, all of the open issues, and a list of library infrastructure issues. And if you're looking to contribute to the project, this is a great place to start. You can search the issues by label. So if you are a beginner, good first issue is a good label to search for. If you're looking for something more complex, your skill level's a bit higher than that, you can look for bugs and enhancements. And regardless of what you choose, we are available to help. We have a guide on contributing to CircuitPython with Git and GitHub to get you started there. So don't let not understanding Git or GitHub keep you from contributing. And we're always available on Discord for questions. Um, so if you ever want to pick something up, you can either tag us on GitHub or you can join us on Discord and we can help get you started. In terms of library updates in the last seven days, there were no new libraries, but there is a list of updated libraries available in the notes doc and also available on uh, circuitpython. Actually, that one might not. I think it is circuitpython.org slash libraries. Um, and that's where we are with the libraries. Thank you, Katni. And now Melissa will give us an update on Blinka. Hello, so Blinka is our CircuitPython library compatibility layer for Raspberry Pi and other single board computers. And this week we had two pull requests merged by one author and three reviewers. There are currently two open pull requests and uh, there were two closed issues by two people and zero open by zero people, leaving a net of 25 open issues. There have been 1,652 PyPI downloads in the last week, and we currently support 52 boards in Blinka. And that's it. Thank you, Melissa. And that will bring us to our first round robin section, which is called Hug Reports. Hug Reports is a chance to highlight folks in the CircuitPython community and beyond for doing awesome things. As mentioned, this section is held as a round robin, where I will start, and then we'll go down the list alphabetically circling back to the top to give everyone a chance to participate. Just a reminder, if you're not listed in the notes document, uh, I'm going to assume that you are lurking. Uh, if you're text only or uh, otherwise have hug reports in the notes document, I will read them off as I get to you in the list. Uh, and now I need to scroll to where I am. So uh, first, group hug to everybody. I mean, this community is awesome and has been welcoming to me over the last year or so. And I just love being a part of it. And a big thanks to everyone who's streaming and sharing on CircuitPython Day. Uh, I think in past years, there have been kind of more in-person events around CircuitPython Day, and that's tough right now. So we're doing what we can to be together, and that means a lot. And thanks to uh, Lamort and PT for taking me on as part of the team. It was somewhere around a year ago where we firmed up that I was going to come work for them half time. And 
do this amazing stuff in CircuitPython. Uh, thank you to Katni for the live stream that we're about to do together in uh, an hour and a half from now. And thanks to Scott for taking care of the technical side of streaming this meeting. And uh, let's see. So Katni is on deck. And Jerry, we're ready for you. Hello. Happy CircuitPython Day to all. Um, well, thanks thanks to you, Jeff, for the uh, your USB proxy uh, Raspberry Pi blog. That was, that was a fun thing to try out. And... Um, and thanks to Adafruit for all the cool toys, having too much fun. Thanks. Um, after Katni, we will go to Kmatch98. But what's up, Katni? Double click the mute button. Um, so I didn't, now? yeah. I definitely did not get a chance to round up all the hug reports I wanted to. So group hug to all of the people that I missed. But. I have a huge hug to Alvaro for hosting a special edition of Show and Tell for Circuit Python Day in Espanol. Uh, thank you to Noe and Pedro for jumping in on that stream and then sticking around to help. They definitely know how to do live streams better than I do and were able to post links and so on every time it came up, um, like overlay on the video and that kind of thing. So um, I appreciated their assistance and a group hug to everyone involved with Circuit Python Day here and around the world, to everyone who put together events and those participating or tuning in to watch. Thank you. Uh, Maker Melissa is on deck, but uh, now is Kmatch98. Okay, thanks, Jeff. Uh, thanks, Scott, uh, for you for giving me some direction on uh, PR on shape tracking. And thanks to Foamy Guy for testing it. That's it for, for today. All right. Well, after Maker Melissa, I will have a few people's notes to read, but go ahead, Melissa. I just wanted to give a hug report to Katni for your help with the LED animation library. A uh, hug report to Tanu for your great review suggestions. And also group hug to everybody who's participating in CircuitPython Day. Thanks, Melissa. Um, so let's see. I have notes from a few people, and uh, the next person we will go to is Scott. But first, uh, Mark, who is lurking, says group hug to everyone whose hard work has contributed to CircuitPython and CircuitPython Day 2020. And then from Summersoft, who says group hug and happy CircuitPython Day 2020. So uh, you are up next, Scott, and then we will return to the top of the alphabet with notes from Anecdata. All right. I think you can hear me. Mm -hmm. um, so I've got a number of... <laughs> A number of, uh, sorry, somebody in the YouTube chat thinks they're in IRC. Um, number of hug reports. First and foremost, a hug report to Dan, Noe, and Pedro for the Getting Started uh, stream to kick off mm -hmm. uh, CircuitPython Day. I caught the end of it. looked like it went really well. Uh, so thanks to those folks. Uh, thanks to Fede2, Katni, Noe, and Pedro for the Spanish show and tell. Um Hug report to KMS98 for all of the display I.O. improvements to the core. Love to see you pick up a bunch of issues and make really good progress. So thank you for that. Uh, thanks to Bruce S. for helping folks on Discord. I uh, was getting ca caught up after the long weekend. It was really helpful. Um, so thank you, Bruce. Uh, thanks to Ask Patrick W. for both helping with CircuitPython and uh, my election cal uh, project. Uh, congrats on adding all 50 states data. Uh, which is very exciting. Um, I wanted to shout out Dave Estelles, D. Estelles, for uh, some awesome forum support that I saw yesterday as well. Uh, link to the forum topic there, but basically they said, don't worry about the noob questions. We're super happy to have you, and everybody starts with noob questions. 
Um, so that was really great. And uh, lastly, uh, hard report to MicroDev1 for making a uh, core PR for adding temp sensor support to the ESP32-S2. Uh, we'll definitely get back to that PR shortly when I have a bit more time. All right. Uh, I have notes from Anecdata, and then we will go to Anne. Anecdata writes, group hug to everyone on Discord, with roles and without, contributing daily with good questions and good feedback, and helping make it a fun place to learn. Grant uh, will be up soon, but now, Anne, what's up? Hello, everybody. I'd really like to thank the community for uh, coming out for CircuitPython Day. Um, it's been uh, a true challenge to uh, ensure that we have everything in a coherent fashion so everybody can uh, enjoy the day and, and uh, ensure that we have a lot of uh, great people to uh, watch and, and see projects and the whole bit. So. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for your all's uh, contributions. That's why we uh, consider it um, Code Plus Community is CircuitPython. And a uh, special thanks to uh, Phil and Lamore for sponsoring CircuitPython. Uh, they make it all possible. Thank you, Anne. And uh, after Brent, I have notes from several people. Hello, um, group hug to everybody involved with CircuitPython from community uh, members to Adafruit sponsored contributors. I've been working kind of adjacent for Adafruit uh, from the CircuitPython project for a few years and watching it grow like this is incredible. And having another CircuitPython day is really great and more to come. And then a group hug for everybody who's worked on CircuitPython day 2020. I started my day off with watching Dan do a stream, and it was really fun and interesting to watch somebody who has a ton of experience with CircuitPython explain it from the very beginning. All right. Uh, I have notes from a few people, and after that, we will go to Dan. But first, C. Grover writes, group hug to the team and community. It's been an incredible learning journey to travel with the likes of you. My projects have been completely transformed because of CircuitPython's ease of use, and the innovations of the community. I appreciate the leadership and overall philosophy of Lady Ada, PT, Tanut, and the core Adafruit CircuitPython team. Hug report to John Park for finding, for finding a pesky hysteresis bug in the range slicer library, and pat yourself on the back if you know what that means. Uh, and a hug report to Stargirl for walking me through a quick and easy way to flash the bootloader on the Stringcar M0 Express board. Charles Burniford, who is also lurking, says group hug for CircuitPython Day. Uh, I'll have some more notes soon, but uh, right now we are ready for Dan. Hello, everybody. So first, uh, big thanks uh, this morning to Noan Pedro, who ran my live stream using StreamYard this morning and also fielded questions on the various chats, which I was busy to watch, posted links when appropriate, and just backed me up in a great way. It was, it was fantastic. And then thanks to everybody else on the team and elsewhere who has participated, asked me questions, and uh, fielded other questions. Thank you. Um, thanks to Scott for the latest uh, BLE reviews of various kinds. Uh, thanks to Jeff Epler, again, who keeps on fixing things ranging from build processes to translations to hardware bugs. It's amazing how many things I review and approve each week that he does. And uh, thanks, everyone, too all over the world 
uh, for making this a really great CircuitPython day. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks, Stan. Um, coming up soon, uh, Foamy Guy, but first I have notes from David Cloud, who has a hug report from me for requesting that the QT Pi have a spot for a spy flash chip, and Lady Ada for making it a reality. Another hug report to Lady Ada for taking into account the 64 by 64 matrix that needed address pin E, and to unfinished stuff for demonstrating the use of feather cap to plug a feather wing on a Raspberry Pi, and there's a Twitter link in the notes document. And finally, a hug report to Arturo for the Pi Zero adapter for the keyboard feather wing. Um, all right, after Foamy Guy, we will hear from Higher Effect, but uh, what's up, Foamy Guy? All right. Hello. Uh, I got a group hug today for CircuitPython Day. Thank you, uh, especially to everyone who's done streams or participated in other ways. Um, a hug for uh, Fede2, Katni, Noah, and Pedro, and anyone else who worked on the uh, Central American and Spanish um, show and tell and all the other uh, activities going on for CircuitPython Day. Um, a hug to Arturo for the BlackBerry Q10 uh, keyboard breakout, breakout and the uh, the upcoming, uh, or I guess it's out now, but mine is upcoming, uh, Featherwing, keyboard Featherwing. And then uh, lastly, thanks to Kmatch for working on uh, enhancements to make the uh, shape uh, object inside Display.io be able to change sizes. Excellent. Uh, so we will let Higher Effect wrap up this section and then move on to status updates. If we missed you, uh, now is a good time to let us know in the text chat, and I will pick you up before we go on and end this section. Go ahead. We can't hear you if you're trying to speak. All right. Um, you want to try again? All right. Can about now? Yes. Okay, cool. Sorry, that was weird. Um, yeah, so uh, this week I just wanted to start off by just, yeah, saying a group hug to the community um, and uh, for, for just having taken the project this far and to, to PT and Lady Ada for uh, having sponsored it. Um, I've been working on this for, for about a year, I guess a year and a couple months now. And uh, it's really cool to just see all of these different microcontrollers kind of coming together under this shared interface and enabling so many projects across like such a huge range of capabilities uh, of, of, of these different uh, SOCs, which previously I had, I had seen and I'd known about and, you know, uh, yeah, just seen from a distance. Um, but uh, this kind of brings them all under the same label. It's really cool. Um, uh, thanks to this week, uh, thanks in the core to Dave Putz for in investigating some issues with uh, SPI and the microcontroller modules. Um, Mirroring Scott, uh, thanks to MicroDev for adding the internal temperature sensor to the ESP32-S2. Um, I think that's that was their first PR contribution to the core, and that's really cool. Um, thanks to Emard for finding an issue with ESP32-SPI, uh, and to uh, Scott for checking that out. Um, and uh, yeah, just generally a group hug to anyone who volunteers uh, their time on the core to help us uncover and solve bugs. Um, it, it really helps out. Uh, it's a bit starting to get to be a pretty big project and uh, anyone who can help us keep up is, is really, really great. So that's it for me. Thank you. And with that, we will move on to the second round robin section, which is called status updates. That's the time that we sync up on what we're doing. 
This section is also held as a round robin where I will start and we'll go through the list, same as in Hug Reports. When I call on you, please take a couple of minutes to talk about what you've been doing since the last meeting and what you hope to accomplish before the next meeting. It's also an opportunity to provide tips and tricks relevant to what others are working on. If the discussion becomes too much for status updates, though, we will have to move it to in the weeds. With that, I will get started. Once I can find my notes from earlier, there's nothing here. So um, in the past week, I've been working on uh, CAN bus support uh, for CircuitPython and had a very nice chat with um, Sedacious, who I forgot to thank in Hug Reports, uh, just kind of touching base because he's working on support for a spy-based chip that supports CAN bus. And then I'm working on the STM, no, not the STM, the SAMD 51 and 54 chips that can support CAN bus. And we're gonna do it all with a common API. So uh, specifically my progress within the last week was that I have successfully transmitted packets out of a SAM E54 board and received them on a board running MicroPython. And I'm very close to being able to receive a packet on the, the uh, SAMD board with CircuitPython. And so uh, within the next week, I'm going to continue working on the CAN bus support. And in addition to um, everything else, we are adding a support for a new subfamily of the SAM processors, which is the SAM E51, which is likely to feature on an upcoming board called the Feather M4 CAN. Um, yeah, so hopefully I will get the packet receiving done and then we'll really be able to take a look at the complete API and see where we need to improve it so that uh, code can work uh, in common with these various chips. Um, so with that, I'm going to hand things over to Jerry and then Katni is up after that. And higher effect, if you can mute, that would be great. Oh, sorry. Thanks, Jeff. Um, yeah, so Someday I'm going to learn to write down things as I do them, but this week I, I can't think of anything significant uh, to report on CircuitPython. Tried and tried and played a lot of things, but nothing nothing jumps into mind. So just having fun. And as a side note, I, I did get a pair of uh, LilyGo T-Beam boards, which are LoRa GPS, Bluetooth, and Wi-Fi on them. They're EST P32 with a bunch of stuff. And they come with this... Uh, uh, example demo code called uh, Meshtastic. There's a link to the site there. Um, it's a really cool little system that you know forms little mesh networks and um, the two boards. Um, oh, I misspelled it. Sorry. Um, immediately come up and start you know find each other and tell you they keep track of where where each other are. It's really pretty cool. It's all done now uh, with uh, Platform IO and Arduino system, but uh, lots of fun. Great. Um, Katni is up next, and then KMatch98. All right. So I'm labeling it since the last meeting because it's been more than a week. Um, updated two-stepper motor driver guides with CircuitPython pages, including how to install the libs and examples of how to control stepper motors using the driver boards controlled by a microcontroller, uh, actually, as well as Raspberry Pi. Wrote the guide for the new um, 128 by 64 pixel Featherwing OLED. Wrote a new guide for the new SPY FRAM chip we have. The pinouts are a little bit different. The board's a little chonkier. 
Um, so instead of just sort of peppering it through the original guide, we opted to do a new guide. Um, uh, blogged then all the updated and new guides. Uh, made some fritzing objects. Did a few miscellaneous items. This is filler because I don't really know what else I did. Um, created a skeleton of a guide for Lamorta finish for a new product that's already been published. Um, I kind of go through and do the easier stuff. And then since I don't have the product, uh, she did the actual code pages and so on. Um, recorded the Python on hardware newsletter video, which should go out tomorrow. I don't think it's going to end up played tonight like it usually is just because we're doing a special edition of Ask an Engineer. Um, prepared for CircuitPython Day, which was pretty involved in the grand scheme of things. Um, and then this morning, hosted a special edition show and tell in Espanol, um, which uh, went amazingly well. I was not expecting it to work. It was logistically, it was weird. Um, but uh, we made it work and it turned out great. So for the rest of this week, I'll be live streaming a CircuitPython conversation with Katni and Jeff following this meeting. Um, the rest of today is pretty much booked up with CircuitPython day events and meetings. There's a couple fritzing objects on my list and various miscellaneous on my list, but I expect to receive a priority list in um, our internal meeting this evening. Uh, because I'm off for two weeks starting Monday, um, I'll return on the 28th and plan to spend some quality time with my brand new Nintendo Switch, among other things. Um, so if you need anything from me uh, today, or sorry, tomorrow and the next day uh, is, is pretty much uh, all there is. So um, let me know as soon as possible, and hopefully it's something I can fit into the next couple of days. A well-deserved um, rest for you and you know anything if somebody pings you you just pass it on to one of us or don't even check your email in discord uh, <laughs> yeah we'll we'll see how well i can stick to that because i there's a couple people i talk to on discord pretty much primarily um mm. so there's there's that downside where work is always lurking there but i sometimes end up using it um scott asks what games um i got animal crossing i got a game called cat quest 2 which is this like really punny adventure game um, and I guess those are the two that I've, I've been playing, um, at the moment. I've only had the thing for five days or so. Um, so that's, uh, that's what we've been messing with. I'm trying to find some good two player games, um, that do, uh, couch co-op, which, which is to say like you, you play it, you know, with locally, not online. So, um, yeah, that one, Snipper Clips was recommended. Anyway, we can have this discussion. Um, but if you need anything from me, try to let me know in the next couple of days or it won't happen for a couple of weeks. And that is my update. All right. Uh, Maker Melissa is on deck, but now we go to Kmatch98. Okay, thanks, y'all. Uh, I've been continuing to work on display-related items. Uh, this time there was an open issue related to uh, I guess peculiarity with how the refresh works for a display where it, uh, it was based on refresh rate rather than being able to call for an immediate refresh. So uh, I submitted a PR and got merged with an immediate refresh option on that one. Uh, the uh, next thing I've been working on is dirty rectangle tracking to shape to help make sure that uh, it gets updated when the screen does refresh. Uh, there's some issues. I think there's an off by one error in there, and I'm getting a soft reboot 
just the first time when I hard reboot the system, which may or may not be related. So I'm digging into that one, and maybe I'll ping you guys on Discord for some help on that. Uh, third thing, uh, to make my life easier, uh, my daughter re- relinquished custody of the pipe portal that we've got. And instead of having a bundle of wires on my desk like I have been, now I can put a sort of one-piece item on top of my screen. Uh, but in the meantime, I realized it was going to be tough to reset. So I built a little reset button that you can 3D print and make it easy to, to reset, which I tend to do a bunch these days. Um, okay, so this week, uh, there's uh, one issue, re- again, related to display items, where somebody requested an option to be given an XY screen location, for example, if it got touched. Uh, and then figure out what display elements are underneath there so they could uh, respond to that. So I'm looking in and figuring out how that might look. Uh, and then some minor documentation bugs, which I seem to spend as much time on figuring out how to format the documentation strings uh, as much as the code. So I'm working improving on that. And then final thing, uh, one fun thing, I uh, uh, designed a 3D uh, printed mold and decal to make paper uh, and actually demonstrated that. With a with a cartoon shape, so that's my fun stuff. Thank you, and I know you've shared some of that with us already, or it's been in the newsletter. But feel free to drop the links in Discord one more time for good measure. Okay, we'll do. All right, I've got notes from a couple of people, and then we will go to Scott again. No, wait, we've got Maker Melissa, then notes, then Scott. Hello. Hi. Yeah, don't forget me. <laughs> Uh, okay, so last week I added the STM32MP1 to Platform Detect. Uh, I got GPIO working on it, uh, but we put it on hold for now since getting I2C, SBI, and UART uh, requires compiling a new device tree. Uh, but I'll try and get that, uh, at least the GPIO mo- merged in here soon. Uh, I worked on uh, some more shell script to Python script conversions. It's kind of a long-term project. Uh, I wrote uh, another demo for John Park. I started writing a NeoPixel matrix uh, frame buffer library and have it partially working right now. Uh, This week, I um, plan on finishing that, uh, writing probably another demo for John Park and taking a look at a redundant chip chip detection issue with the FT232H. And uh, possibly work on an air quality project using the Matrix Portal library and work on some more shell the Python install script conversions. And that's it. All right. Uh, so Scott is up next. And for now, I have notes from Summersoft, who uh, provides updates about Adabot. They put in a PR to add a validator for piloting each library. This is to help detect issues that arise from new pilot versions that add or remove checkers. And in Cookie Cutter, he has a PR to give more options on target bundle and desired CI service. Would love some more feedback and suggestions before finalizing it. And that is something that I really should respond to because I cookie-cutted a library. And when you're not planning for it to go in the Adafruit bundle, there are some things that uh, you have to find and fix after the fact. And yeah. So it could be better. Anyway, uh, we will go to Scott and then back up to the top of the list to um, Anne for status update. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Um, First, uh, in the last week, I took a four-day weekend, took Friday and Monday off. Um, 
hiking and house projects got a lot done. I got uh, electioncal.us's code tweeting out dates. So if you follow electioncal underscore US on Twitter, you'll get uh, all of the deadline election, US election deadline uh, information uh, in your Twitter stream. Um, so check that out. I fixed a bug this morning <laughs> as well, which is good. Um, let's see. Uh, I, yesterday I t- tested the native Wi-Fi branch, which was, uh, I had responded to Dan on Thursday about, um, I did find an issue where I had broken, uh, like my merge had been wrong for the heap stuff. So the room was not working, but I fixed that. So that's good. Uh, and it's all ready for re-review. Um, Today is a streaming day for CircuitPython. We have this uh, in a, just over two hours. I'll be doing uh, my normal deep dive uh, that usually happens on Fridays at 2 p.m. We'll be at 2 p.m. Pacific today. Um, and I'm hoping to tackle the spy with PSRAM bug, um, which somebody has has uh, mentioned. Basically, we're, now that we have PSRAM support, we're DMA trying to DMA from that, and that doesn't work. Um, I've actually got to figure out how I'm going to test that on the stream. Uh, but, uh, there's lots of different ways we could fix it. So, uh, on the deep dive, I'll talk through those today. And then the other thread that I have going on is I, I've changed the Adafruit request library a lot, and I was shooting for to be backwards compatible so that, um, we could release it, uh, and it would worth work with both the native Wi-Fi stuff and the old Wi-Fi stuff. Um, it's, pretty good, but I found when I was testing an old PyPortal example um, with the new requests, I found that I actually needed to pass a a mode parameter to socket connect, uh, which is actually not a CPython-ism thing, um, which is why I missed it when I was testing with CPython. Um, So I'm going to have to add a test for that and and work uh, work, backwards compatible with that as well. So uh, that'll be the thing I do probably after wrapping up the SPY PSRAM thing, because that's kind of a nasty, like it breaks SPY with PSRAM. So we want to get that fixed as well. Um, so those are the three major things I'm doing. All right. Thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. Next, we will go to Anne. But uh, Calpardo contacted me in private message and asked to speak. So we will be going to them after Anne. Um, thanks, Jeff. Um, I've been uh, proofreading uh, the Python and microcontrollers newsletter up until um, March. Um, uh, Bill had been the principal editor, and due to COVID, he's uh, had his hands full. So I've been the uh, editor for the newsletter since March, and um, I really I want to thank the community for helping me, considering uh, the Python uh, universe is quite large, and uh, finding the information on Python on microcontrollers, Python on hardware, um, can be a little bit of a sifting challenge. So uh, um, I got issue 99 out um, this week, as uh, was mentioned. Issue 100 will be out this coming Tuesday, so I put a link in the um, in the chat. You can uh, ping me on Twitter um, at, at an underscore engineer or put in a, a pull request on our GitHub repo under the current draft, and uh, I'll look at uh, adding your material. I really appreciate you doing that. 
And um, finally, I've been working the last two and a half months on CircuitPython Day. Um, I really appreciate everybody who's volunteered to um, have events and put in information and make this day special. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun to uh, have one day devoted to what we've been doing. And um, I'm, I'll probably be off like Katni for a few days coming up. I'm going to be moving, so uh, I will have my hands full, but uh, no worries. Thank you, Anne. You've been doing marvelous with the newsletter. Um, so yeah, and marvelous with planning CircuitPython Day. So yeah, next we will have Calpardo, and then I will read some notes from people. So uh, if your mic is working, please go ahead. Hi, Jeff. Uh, I'm I'm Darren from uh, Turkey. I will be uh, 17 in a few months. Uh, un unfortunately, I can't do some uh, projects recently, but uh, because uh, I'm working on SAT, wish me luck. Uh, but I, I can say I was recently working on Raspberry Pi to automate a custom agricultural drone that can seed or kind of agricultural things that with Pixelk and uh, for the drone, I was planning to use Python GUI. That's, that's all for now. Thank you. It's nice to have you. And if you have any links uh, about your projects that you can share, we would love to see them. Oh, I have a website, okay, but I'm not so uh, online on that website. So. All right. Well, if you have a link, you can put it in the text chat whenever you're comfortable with that. Thanks okay. again. I will. Thanks. All right. Uh, next, I will uh, read the notes from C. Grover who says, uh, last week produced a second version of the range slicer Compander plus quantizer, Eurorack module PCB, and began to retweak the supporting code library. We'll be testing an entirely new core process in the library to improve hysteresis filtering accuracy and reduce signal processing latency, as well as to simplify the conceptual model. Worked on the module's XY graphic display to introduce variable trace persistence. The hardware is based on the Itsy Bitsy M4 Express with a 128 by 128 TFT display. The latest Stringcar M0 Express boards arrived from Osh Park. Reflow soldering went flawlessly, and the board awakened with its own pin designations and a CircuitPython file system. The original CPy310 code worked perfectly in 530, and the Stringcar was able to enjoy a few laps on the string in the backyard. The birds at the nearby feeder eventually got used to the speedy new visitor developed a new approach to characterizing and controlling brushed DC motors that involves a combination of frequency and duty cycle adjustments, is particularly useful for increasing torque at very low motor speeds. Saw some amazing improvements in low speed performance of the three volt motor used for the LiPo version of the Stringcar M0 Express board. Next week, expecting some challenges with the new core process approach for range slicer, but things are looking very promising. Hope to republish the core library in a few days and we'll update the documentation to explain the new approach. We'll test the new brushless DC motor characterization and control scheme across my connection of motors to see if it's reliable. If so, I will modify the base motor control library and write up a tutorial. And finally, they are going to rewrite the original string car library code to, to reflect all they've learned during their CircuitPython quest. And uh, let's see, after a note that Curtis left in the text chat, I will move on to Dan. 
Uh, Curtis writes, hi, I'm Curtis from Hacker Lab in Sacramento, California. I was planning on three hours of CircuitPython Day events for later today, but unfortunately I've been impacted by the intentional power cutoff here in California due to high fire risk in my area. High winds, low humidity, high heat. Super sorry, we'll plan to do a follow-up event to celebrate at some point in the future. Not sure how best to get the word out to this community. I'm sending this out on my solar backup, but won't be online much longer. Curtis, we're sorry to hear that and hang in there. Uh, we will, uh, if you get a note to Anne or any one of us, we can probably get it up on the CircuitPython blog or rather on the Adafruit blog when you have your new date. Uh, with that, I will hand it over to Dan before reading some more notes. Hello, well, I'm sorry to hear about Curtis's problems and maybe we can have a backup day at some point. Um, what I did in the past week or a little more than a week now is um, I continued to work on uh, BLEIO HCI version. Uh, after talking with Scott about things, uh, I created a library called the Airlift Library, which uh, is exists to manage the coprocessors that one coprocessors that one would use either for Bluetooth or um, Wi-Fi. And so right now it supports the ESP32 and for Bluetooth and in a limited way for Wi-Fi. And then I changed the, the Adafruit BLE library, which used to know about the ESP32 specifically to use this library. So it doesn't have to know about specific hardware anymore. Um, over the weekend, I worked on trying to get uh, Blinka, the Blinka version of BLEIO to work on Mac OS. It hadn't been working and I knew of some specific problems, but it turned out there were some other issues too, and that's still in progress. The way um, Blinka works is that it often returns the native objects from the different implementations of Bluetooth on the various platforms, and those native objects don't have the same um, attributes. So you sometimes have to wrap them up or pay attention to them. You can't treat them as opaque necessarily. Um, but that's, I hope to get, get it working on macOS soon. There were a lot of reviews. We've got an impressive number of things coming in and I spend a lot more time than I used to on just reviewing uh, changes and fixes that are coming into core circuit Python, which is terrific. Uh, a day or two ago, um, in core, in co uh, about the ESP32 uh, Bluetooth stuff, we're trying to make sure that the firmware we have uh, for that is working properly. And there are, some, there are some build issues that I'm working out with Brent and Lady Ada. And finally, the most trivial bug that I fixed was that it turned out the Feather M4 had its SCL and SDA pins swapped on board.i2c, which amazingly nobody had discovered until now. Okay, thanks. One question for you, Dan, before we move on. Uh, do you have a plan or a, an idea of when we'll do the next uh, alpha or beta release of six? Um, we have, uh, Scott has reviewed his, um, Scott is in the process of finishing up his um, review changes for the Wi-Fi stuff. So when that's done, I think we could go from there. So Scott, I think you did it on Friday. I actually watched some of that stream later. So. Uh, it'll be soon. All right. Sorry for putting you on the spot, okay. but uh, you know, there's always good stuff in since the last release, especially when we're coming up on a stable release. Yeah, Dan, it should be ready for you to take another look. 
Okay, I will do that now then. Okay. Or Thank you. Later. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, uh, after notes from uh, David Gloud, we will go to Foamy Guy. But uh, David writes, in CircuitPython, he has worked on controlling a BLE device with pressure on an inflated balloon and downgrading to 531 because of BLE code that fails on 600 alpha 3. And I think that's been filed as an issue. I'm not sure. And uh, non-CircuitPython, he reports investigating the use of PyKVM to remotely control the color Maximite 2. Uh, so anyway, after Foamy Guy, Higher Effect will wrap up status updates. Unless there's anybody that I've missed, let us know in the text chat. All right, thanks, Jeff. Uh, this week, I or excuse me, last week, uh, since the last meeting, I created a quick demo video for a mini TFT Featherwing timer um, that I created, and then I started recording some videos uh, for a series that's going to be about uh, learn how to program with Circuit Playground. So learning the, the very basics of computer programming for somebody with no experience at all and um, you know trying to get them up to speed, not just to play around with the Circuit Playground, but actually to branch out and go and do other things with programming as well. Um, so I started recording those. Uh, I created a helper class for the Featherwing 2.4 inch. Um, so there is a repo um, CircuitPython Featherwing that's got a bunch of different helper classes in it for various different devices, uh, but there wasn't one for that device yet, and so I created that over the weekend. Um, the other thing I did uh, with uh, that device was hooked up the BlackBerry Q10 breakout. Um, I started playing with that because the keyboard Featherwing is coming up. Um, and so one of the things actually for uh, next week that I want to work on uh, that kind of ties into that is um, an input text widget. So we have like label and we have bitmap label and we have a couple of different ways to show text on the screen. Um, but as far as I know, we don't have much in the way of taking text in very much. There's a couple of different examples I've seen of like kind of full terminal environments and stuff like that. But I wanted um, a much kind of smaller focus, just uh, like an input uh, input text widget that you can kind of type into and uh, has a cursor and, and stuff like that. So uh, that's one of the things I'll be working on next week. Uh, some other stuff is um, recording more of uh, the, the Learn to Program videos. So I've got the introduction and a couple of the setup uh, videos done, and I'm getting started next on uh, covering basic variable types. And then once I get um, the bulk of those done, I plan to get those uh, published up on YouTube and then kind of keep working uh, from there. Um, and then a couple other items I've got was uh, I started working on a, a multi multitasking um, guide for CircuitPython. And so uh, I'm going to keep going on a couple of different examples and uh, finishing up the guide uh, in this next week. And then uh, the last thing that I got that I wanted to look into a little bit later on this week was uh, an issue with the SD card uh, library, Adafruit SD card library. And on the Pi portal and other devices, like I think Pi, uh, Pi Gamer um, suffers from this as well. If you try to use the SD card to to show a bitmap on the screen with on disk bitmap, it can cause the device to lock up. So um, I know that much so far, but I'm going to dive in and try to figure out more specifically what could be causing that and hopefully uh, how we can fix it. Um, but that's what I got. Thanks. Great. I have some suspicions about that particular issue. So if you want to talk about it, feel free to ping me um, and maybe we can look at it together. Uh, anyway, we will wrap things up with Higher Effect before we move on to In the Weeds. Alrighty. So uh, this past week, um, I spent uh, working on 
bugs and some other stuff to take breaks from bugs. So I hacked at the uh, display IO uh, ESP32 crash. We have some kind of weird memory corruption thing going on with uh, display IO. So I uh, got GDB up and running uh, on the ESP32 um, to try and help out with that, um, but still didn't make a lot of progress. Uh, so as a break from that <laughs> to kind of cool off, uh, I went and I implemented the flash system for the STM32F1, which is uh, being added by some uh, contributors from China, um, but they were uh, stuck on the flash. So I uh, helped put that in and that'll also help with uh, the F0, L0 and L4 STM32 SOCs if we ever decide to add those families. Um, I re also reviewed some incoming PRs uh, and issues for the ESP32 S2. Uh, and that's pretty much what I'm gonna continue doing this week. Uh, try to track down that stack crash once and for all, um, fill out some of these other features uh, which people have been uh, contributing to, like the uh, temperature could be accompanied by the voltage reading and, and um, uh, UID features that are typically in, in micro, the microcontroller module, uh, and also just kind of doing miscellaneous uh, bug support. Um, in terms of fun stuff that I did this past week, I got my first uh, Featherwing back from Fab, so that's exciting uh, for me, uh, <laughs> but maybe not to other people. Uh, we'll see. Uh, it's a motor driver uh, for the uh, AX12, uh, Dynamixel AX12 um, servo motor. Uh, so I've used that in a number of robotics projects, and uh, I don't know. Hopefully, some other people will be interested in, in trying that out with uh, CircuitPython. Um, over the weekend, I also made a bunch of fermented hot sauce and jalapeno pickles for Labor Day, uh, and I didn't do any programming uh, like Scott as Scott did, but um, those will be fun to have for the rest of the year. And uh, yeah, that's it for me. All right. Well, that brings us to In the Weeds. However, the In the Weeds section is, to my surprise, actually empty. So, Scott, did we get any questions or um, anything from the live stream chats? I did not see anything. So I think we're All ready right. to wrap up. Well, in that case, we will move on to wrapping up the uh, meeting. So uh, thanks, everybody. This has been the CircuitPython Weekly for special CircuitPython Day 9-9-2020. Thanks to everyone who participated and everybody who watched us on the live streams. If you want to support Adafruit and CircuitPython, and those of us that work on CircuitPython, consider purchasing from the Adafruit shop at adafruit.com. Uh, this meeting has been live streamed on YouTube and other streaming services, and it will be available after the fact for rewatching at youtube.com slash Adafruit, and the podcast will be available on major podcast services. We'll also feature this in the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter. Visit adafruitdaily.com to subscribe. The next meeting will be held next Monday, as usual, at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 Pacific. This meeting is held on the Adafruit Discord server, which you can join by going to adafru.it slash discord. To participate in the meeting, to be notified about the meeting and any changes to the time or day, please ask to be added to the CircuitPythonistas role on Discord. We hope to see you all next week. Thanks so much, everyone. Thanks, everyone.